This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. What the fudge was? Hello, and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And this week we started season four and watched season four, episode one of both shows, starting with Gilmore Girls, Ballrooms, and Biscotti. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Freshman. These were, um, maybe a step down from season three, Brian. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to follow. A season finale. A season finale. Yeah, I'm not giving up on them yet. Well, both of these shows are about to change dramatically, I think. Oh, yeah. Rory's not even going to college yet. Yeah. And Buffy ended with a big cliffhanger. It did, yeah. You want to tell them about the wine we drank this week, Brian? We got 2020 Cape Route Pinotage. Yeah. It's a red wine, one we've ordered before, and we liked it so much, we got it again. Yeah, I'll probably get it again, too. Yeah. We're not done with you, Pinotage. Coming for you, Pinotage. And don't forget, through our partnership with Wink.com, you can get four bottles of wine for just $29.95 plus free shipping by going to trywink.com slash Gilmore Slayer or using promo code Gilmore Slayer at checkout. And don't forget, we're also this week watching Angel for the first time, starting with season one, episode one, City of. We haven't watched it yet. We did watch like the first five seconds. I'm like, what is this? It felt like a crime drama. Is that what it is? We'll see. I mean, oh. I know, but we'll see. Oh, I'm so scared. It's going to be like. It's a prequel to Bones. It's, it felt like it. It felt like it should be on like NBC after NCIS or whatever channel that comes on. But we'll be posting a video review after every episode of Angel on our Patreon account, which is now live. The link is in our episode description and in our social media bios. We just went to Long Island yesterday, so we're kind of tired. Yeah, it's a Long Island. Yeah, we went to the very tip of it. Yeah, we went to Montauk. It's just like, it's the ocean. It's there. People were surfing. I don't know that I've ever watched anyone surf before. There was a big sign that surfing was prohibited, but it's almost like a joke. Like, is it though? But everyone's doing it. Parking lot was like filled with surfers. No one was hiding it. It wasn't like surreptitious surfing. It was very in the open surfing. Yeah. Well, the cops are sharks, so... (laughs) They want you to do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't care, but I was just like, is this fine? Okay. It was very pretty. Yeah, it was super pretty. It doesn't really take long to get there from where we live in Queens. Well, in a car, no. Yeah, our friends drove. That was very nice. And we got lobster rolls. It was great. I never had a lobster roll. Me neither. It was so good. It was good, yeah. I don't think they'd be as good in Wisconsin. Uh, Probably not. (laughs) Some, like, ancient frozen lobster. We have some five-star reviews, Brian. Nice. I want to hear about them. Um, Well, they were all positive. Five stars. As opposed to all those negative five-star reviews we're getting. (laughs) Listen, five stars, but I hate it. Thank you so much to Mick Vicara, Kel Kel Renee, King Kyle Lily, Suki Scary Salome, and Avages. I want to know if King Kai is a reference to Dragon Ball Z. Is that how it's spelled? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry if I pronounced those wrong, but some of these aren't real words. Spooky? Never heard that word. It's Suki. God damn it. Oh, yeah, it's Suki. Suki's not a real word either, but it's not spelled like the woman. You have like a gaming username that people don't know how to pronounce. Yeah. So you know what it's like. I do. Do you want to tell people what it is? No. Okay. All right. Should we get into the shows? I'm excited to talk about these shows. It's We're season four. We're doing it. We're doing it. All right, Brian. Tell us what happened on Ballrooms and Biscotti. This episode is about Rory and Lorelai trying to get the absolute most mother-daughter time together in the last few days before she goes to Yale and also preparing for her trip to Yale. Yeah. But it doesn't all go to plan. No. 
In fact, a lot of the plan has to get cut out. Yeah. So the episode opens with the girls coming home. As you remember last season, they headed off after graduation to Europe for a backpacking tour. They're getting dropped off by a shuttle from, like, New York. It's a long shuttle. I guess it's a thing. Yeah. Who knows? They get dropped off in the dead of night, and Babette just, like, immediately runs out from her house. She's, like, worried out of their mind because they have come back a few days later than they had originally planned, so she just assumes something terrible just happened. She even called, like, all the consulates asking about them. This scene's pretty funny because she keeps yelling back to Maury, mm-hmm. uh, like, they're here, they're alive, and he just keeps going, okay, from inside. He, like, seems interested, but, like, not really. He's probably watching a game or something. He's being supportive, you know? Mm-hmm. It's also funny to me that it's it's like, it's night, Babette. Are you just screaming this? Right. You're going to wake Dwight. Exactly. I mean, in New York, that's just common. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but not not there. Babette is like, just like, all right, let's go inside. She just invites herself inside to hear about their trip and just starts like making them cocoa without having been asked. Uh, Lorelai makes Rory pretend to yawn to like shoo off Babette, who finally leaves. I love when Babette leaves. She shouts, Maury, I'm coming home, as if he can hear her. Yeah, and like he needs to know she's coming home. Yeah, as if he'd tell her no. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, the two girls are super happy to be home because they miss their clothes, apparently, and yeah. their beds. Lorelai mentions how hostels maybe aren't as romantic as uh, a younger version of herself might have thought they were. I, and I agree. Seem gross to me. Dude, they are gross. I've stayed in like one. Do we ever have to do that? You and me? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, we'll see. I've stayed at some real bad ones. Right. Uh, I stayed at one that had bed bugs. I like fell asleep and looked down and there was like an army of bed bugs crawling towards me. Wow. Do they have guns? Uh, yes, they, they had guns and swords. Uh, <laughs> what kinda, era were they from? Uh, they were from multiple eras. They were time traveling bed bugs. <laughs> But also, I remember staying at one. This is super funny. It said it came with a breakfast included, and it just, they just gave you a piece of bread and a piece of American cheese. That was your breakfast. And I remember specifically at this hostel, there was a guy who had snuck in a bird that he kept pretending he didn't have because you weren't supposed to have pets there. But we're like, dude, you clearly have a bird. It keeps chirping constantly. A big bird? Uh, I was, no, not a big, well, actually, I never saw it, but like, he had this thing covered in cloth, and he'd be like, oh, that's just my stuff. I'm like, no, that's a bird cage, man. <laughs> we all know that's a bird. Anyway, Lorelai says they gotta try to get their sleeping schedules back on track to avoid jet lag. I love also when Rory asked to be alone with her clothes, and she like opens her drawer and is like, hello, boys. Hello, boys. To her boys. socks. Yeah. The next day, Rory's going over all the presents they brought back for everybody. Uh, meanwhile, Lorelai is calling back all the consulates to tell them that, you know, she's uh, alive <laughs> and back home. Both of them are really excited for this week because it's their last week together before Rory goes to Yale. So they have a very lengthy itinerary of all kinds of super fun mother-daughter stuff to do, including mani-pedis, restaurant food, eating biscotti, visiting New York and the Strand, which is legitimately like a super cool bookstore. You should definitely go there. I love it. Yeah. Maybe they should have done that after they got off the plane, though. Yeah, they were in New York, so that's a little confusing. I guess they had a bunch of junk with them. Yeah. Get a hostel. And the most important adventure, watching all of The Godfathers and Sophia's death on repeat. We've never seen that. Yeah, I don't know who Sophia is, but apparently she dies in it. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers on this, like, super old movie series. The two start their first day of their perfect mother-daughter week by taking presents to all their friends. They go to Luke's, and on their way, they wonder if Luke went on that cruise with Nicole. Remember last season, he was maybe going to go on a cruise with Nicole, and they joked about how he might propose because it's super romantic, and he kind of struggled with that and had a dream where Lorelai told him not to propose. Rory says she hopes that he did go on that trip because he really seems to like Nicole. And Lorelai does that thing where she agrees, but it's like super clear she is not excited about that idea. No. 
just hook up with him already, Lorelai. I'm tired of this. Just do it. Get it out of your system or marry him. Just figure it out. I just saw an outtake for like that episode where Rachel's in town and they're like sitting next to each other on a bench during that like love festival the town's having or whatever. Oh yeah, with the weird leg grab. Yes, yeah. but it's an outtake and she's like, I just realized I said I love you and that is not the line. And he's like, I love you too. And she's like, well, then the show's over. That's <laughs> super funny. It is pretty funny. <laughs> then the two of them see Luke arguing with Dosi in his candy shop. Remember, with two Ps. It's open now. Is it open now? It's not open yet. I think there's a sign that says, like, grand opening. Yeah, I, that's I think like it's, in two days. It's opening, yes. But my point is, the grand opening was supposed to be when Fran's funeral was. Right. Which was the beginning of summer. Why was it delayed months? Yeah, that's a huge delay. Like, it should have been open all summer. That's like prime soda shop time. Yeah, for sure. Taylor. Apparently, while Luke was gone, Dosi put a window up between their two businesses so you can look into the diner and the diner people can look into the candy shop. Honestly, I don't know why Dosi would do that. Like, why do you want your clients to look at a diner? I guess maybe he gets more light and through there and also the diner patrons might be like, oh, maybe I want some candy. I don't know. It's a weird thing to do, though. Well, dessert, yeah. It's also a super dick move because he did not clear this with Luke at all. Yeah. Luke reacts so childishly, but, like, he has a right to be mad. That's, he owns the building. Yeah, absolutely. You can't just put a hole in his wall. Yeah, and he says as much, and I'm sort of like, I think you can, like, sue him to put it back, honestly. Yeah. Well, anyway, Luke loses his shit and starts throwing Dosi's candy around everywhere, and I hate Dosi, so I love this. Great. The Gilmores just sit back and enjoy some biscotti while watching this shit show. Biscotti's not a food you eat just dry, No, right? you need a liquid. You're supposed to, like, dip it in coffee or something, Absolutely. Right? But they do it the whole episode. Maybe there's some fantastic European biscotti you can eat. I don't know. Sounds crunchy. But then they realize that they forgot to get Luca a present, which is insane. They justify it by saying, like, oh, we kept almost buying it, but then thinking it wasn't good enough and we had to wait and then we forgot. But it seems insane to me they'd get home without buying something for Luke. Yeah. So instead of going to Luke's, they head over to Suki and Jackson's place. Lorelai's so excited to see Suki looking pregnant, wants to touch her belly. Rory doesn't want to touch her belly, and apparently either does Jackson. He says, I'll love it when it's out. It's like, okay. He also, though, doesn't want to know the sex of the baby. He so much doesn't want to know the sex of the baby that he's made buttons. This makes no sense. He's got buttons that say like... I think they say like, I don't want to know the sex of my baby. Yeah. Which only makes sense for him to wear. No one else should be wearing a button with those pronouns. Absolutely. And Rory sides with Jackson and she puts on a button too. Which is weird because it's saying my baby on it. But he's got like a little basket of buttons. Like how many many people need to wear this button? I mean, is he going to like a book club for dads that don't want to know the sex of their baby? I I assume Stars Hollow has that. (laughs) Probably. I would not be surprised. It's probably well attended. Well, Suki takes Lorelai outside to her shed where she's decked it out with all kinds of blue baby stuff because she's a having boy. a boy. While they're out there like, celebrating how fun it's going to be to have a boy, and Lorelai's like, oh, I don't know how to raise a boy. And Suki's like, I don't either. The two of them talk for a while, and Suki mentions that something weird must have happened on Luke's trip because when she brought up the trip to Luke, he acted super weird about it and like kind of walked away and acted rushed and didn't want to talk about it. So now we're like, what happened on the trip? When they leave, Rory heads over to Lane's, and Lorelai goes to Luke's, bringing him a jar of jam from Suki's that she's just going to lie and say was from France. Yeah, they have, like, a whole backstory for the jam, like, in case Luke asks, I guess. Yeah, it's like some illiterate woman or something. Yeah. But immediately breaks down and admits it's from Suki's. She bailed on it so hard. Yeah, and Luke's like, yeah, I could tell. She asks him about his trip, and he avoids answering directly. He kind of, like, outlines what happens, like, really generically, and then goes to, quote-unquote, check on her food, even though she hadn't ordered anything. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Rory, meanwhile, on her way to Lane's, runs into Kirk, 
who, by the way, has a new haircut. Or an un-haircut? It's like longer? Yeah. Looks different. It looks so different. It looks like blonder, too. Yeah, I don't know. Something changed with Kirk, for sure. He's putting up posters for Dosi's shop with Rory as the ice cream queen. Dosi has once again decided to use her in his advertising without her permission. I hate Dosi so much. I just, I hate him so much. Dosi's very annoying in this episode. Yeah, she grabs the poster, rips it down, and like angrily walks into Dosi's store. In Dosi's store, he's dressed up like the fucking music man and is teaching a staff of like five or six employees how to make and present the perfect ice cream sundae. There's so many people behind the counter. How in the world could this candy store even like afford to exist? Like he can afford six employees? I bet he's very wealthy. I worked at a coffee shop in Brooklyn. They could barely afford me a minimum wage. Yeah, but you're excellent at your job. <laughs> it has nothing to do with my minimum wage. <laughs> Rory confronts him about not asking her permission to use an advertisement. Dosi just ignores her. Like, he does everything because he's, like, clearly, I think, a narcissist? I don't know. Like, we know he's ignoring her because she's got a button on that says, I don't want to know the sex of my baby, and he never once brings it up. (laughs) That's a good point. I would be like, Rory, wait, are you having a baby? (laughs) Why don't, okay, congrats. Like, why why do you have the button? (laughs) Like, I don't know the sex of your baby. So then this asshole Dosi just like tries to guilt trip our good, moral, wonderful, amazing Rory Gilmore for not working for him for free or for like a Sunday. He's all like, I get it. You're too good for us now that you're going to naked bush daughter parties at Ivy League schools. I hate him, man. This scene's really long. It is. Like, it's not that funny, and he's very annoying. I I don't know. I'm just like, you're being a lot. Also, like, this is the second, like, illegal thing he's done in this episode. You couldn't put up that window without the permission of the owner of the store. You couldn't use somebody in your advertisement without their permission. Like, she could sue him. Does he even ever explain, like, what her duties would be as Ice Cream Queen? Uh, she needs to come to the grand opening, I think, is the big thing. Yeah, that's insane that he would just assume she's free. He tries to justify it by being like, you weren't around. How was I supposed to ask you? And it's like, dude, you, I hope you get killed soon. Ask Lane. Ask Lane what? To be the Ice Cream Queen. She's Uh, around. Sure. Well, I don't know. Actually, she might not be. I didn't see her. Ask Lindsay. She's beautiful. Yeah, ask Lindsay to do it. I don't know. I know we're supposed to hate Dosi, but then in a previous episode, we were told by Dean that he's a good guy. Whatever, man. He's not. This was too much. This was probably the worst showing of him. Sometimes it's short enough that it's funny, but the scene just like went on and on. I'm like, okay, I'm annoyed now. Yeah. And also, again, totally illegal. Like, he should know that too. Anyway. At home, Rory starts to feel bad about what Dosi said, and she's afraid that maybe she does have an attitude now. And I'm like, poor Rory, this isn't you, okay? Dosi's the devil. You're a good girl. I don't know that she's going to stay one, but so far, you're like the most moral person on the show. It switches. Rory kind of starts taking Taylor in as like a daughter figure, and and Rory kind of rules the town. Oh, that makes sense. That's why people don't like season six that much. Ah. Rory's going through the mail, and she realizes that she wrote the date down wrong for when her orientation is. And she doesn't have a week before school starts. She has to start school in two days. Their perfect week is ruined. That's like a nightmare. Really, honestly, yeah. The next day, the girls are starting to feel their jet lag, which also sucks. Jet lag is very real. And like I remember just like just shutting down during conversations in Australia and just like falling asleep while I'm with my friends. And it was Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know. After that turkey, I was just like, I'm falling asleep. I'm sorry, everyone. Like I do not have the ability to stay awake. Just to be clear, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Australia, but we were with mostly American people. <laughs> yeah, I think they were doing it for us as well. Yeah. For my American friend who lives there's wedding was why we went, and it happened to be also Thanksgiving. Yeah, I slept through most of it. The wedding, too. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was rude. Uh, no, it was a great wedding. So the girls are very stressed, and they're trying to fit all the most important things into their abbreviated schedule. 
So they split up some of the errands they have to run to get ready for her to go to school. And Rory walks past Dosie's grand opening. And when he sees her, he just like lays on the guilt super thick over the microphone. <laughs> He's just like, oh, and the ice cream queen, I guess, is too good to make an appearance. This just like makes a little girl start crying. That was pretty funny. I did enjoy the children actually being sad that she couldn't do it. Yeah, that was funny. But Dosie like assures them that don't worry, he's hired a skydiver to make up for it. I wonder who that'll be. Did you know? I didn't know, but it makes perfect sense because... You did predict we'd see it. And I did predict it wouldn't go to plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lorelai goes into Luke's hair product store. Do you know the name of the store? It's not Luke's hair product store. Luke also has a hair product <laughs> store. Uh, it's Do you know the name of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's Luke's hair and shit. <laughs> I recently pointed out that I didn't think we had seen Kirk work the same job twice. And uh, now we have. He's, yes. He's still working there. This answers the question of whether or not he's like constantly fired and moving on to a new job or just at least holding them. And it looks like he's holding at least this one. I think it's just called like the beauty supply store. Uh, it's also called Luke's hair hardware. <laughs> While they're checking out, by the way, Kirk is super knowledgeable about hair products and skincare. He, he had that before, and he, he still has that ability. Well, this is the one job he kept. This may be. But then he starts laying on some guilt onto Lorelai for not buying him a gift, which is a little weird. That is weird. They're like, we got everyone except Luke a gift. Kirk's also a major character to forget. Yeah, and like does stuff for her all the time. She does say like, oh, we forgot... But it's like, I don't think you did. I think you just weren't going to get him something. They got one for the pizza guy, who we've only seen once. Yeah. She says she didn't get Luke a present, and he's like, well, I heard you got him a fake jam, and I love fake jam. (laughs) She claims she forgot to make it up to him. Maybe she should have brought him a European job. That would have been what he really wanted. Kirk says he's got to close early, and then he starts putting on a parachute suit. Dosie's going to pay him 20 whole dollars to jump out of a plane. (laughs) He says that he took a single class on skydiving, and the instructor said that he's a natural at falling. That's funny. I thought that was all funny. Lorelai's like, please don't do this. That's the best gift I could give you. And Kirk's like, huh. He definitely does it. The two Gilmore girls meet up, and Lorelai says that they should maybe cancel Friday night dinner, or they won't be able to get all the things done that they need to accomplish. Rory refuses to back out on her deal, but reminds Lorelai that she is not obligated. But she loves. She just keeps shouting that she doesn't have to go. Yeah, she's like saying it over and over again. Yeah, she's super excited about that. They make a deal, though, that Lorelai will continue to run all the errands while Rory is at Friday night dinner, and then Rory will try to get out of Friday night dinner early so that they can watch The Godfathers, and most importantly, Sophia's death before she goes to Yale. We gotta figure out who Sophia is. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look this up. Then Rory sees Dozie's grand opening and just, like, gets on stage and, like, chews him out over the microphone. She gets a little applause. Yeah, I love it. She, yeah, but it's also funny. She gets, like, a little applause. Yeah, yeah. So at Friday night dinner, Emily is a little surprised that Lorelai isn't there and is kind of clearly annoyed by that. She's like, where is she? She's running errands, huh? Clearly she thought, well, we know from the last episode, the season finale of season three, that she expected that Lorelai was going to be there. This kind of drives me nuts because, like, yep. I think Rory can tell that she's pissed Yep, and just doesn't clarify any further if Rory had just said like no I I swear she was gonna come but like I won't get ready for school in time if she came we had to have her skip yeah and there's gonna be a fight later and it's all like you could just clear this up right now yeah I don't know that's kind of annoying it was annoying writing wise yeah Rory wouldn't try to make it a little better exactly Rory got them gifts she got Emily a little Eiffel Tower statue and she got Richard a little pipe Richie has a weird line where he's like, you're not the only one that gets a treat. I was like, all right, dude, chill yeah, out. Yeah, right, what? Weirdo. 
Over dinner, Richard and Emily keep asking what it was like seeing their various friends and acquaintances throughout Europe that they recommended they visit. But Rory's like, ah, uh, yeah, we didn't see any of them. Richard's like, well, great. Now we're going to have to stay with the Gundersons. I'm like, yeah, maybe don't give your like shitty friend obligations to your daughter. Yeah, they go on to be like, why are we even friends with them again? <laughs> They're tiresome people. Like, why do you want your daughter to spend time with them? Yeah, then? it's not their job to like fulfill your friendship duties. Yeah. It soon becomes clear that Rory is not going to get out of Friday night dinner early. And I think it's a combination of two things. I think Emily was going to make this a longer dinner anyway. Perhaps. Yeah, I'm wondering about that. Because they have souffle, which I think she could have audibled and been like, let's start that later. Souffle, if you don't know, takes a long time to make. Yeah. So it's possible once she realized Lorelai wasn't there, she's like, I'm going to sabotage this evening. Because she's like, we're going to have a cheese plate and make this like a three, four hour meal. But like, was she planning on having souffle anyway and just decided to delay it? That part is not clear. It becomes clear later that other things she does are intended to extend Rory's time there, but it wasn't clear about this dinner. Yeah. I could see her wanting it to be a little long because she's like, in Europe, they spend like three, four hours having dinner. So I was like, maybe that was her intention because they're like back from Europe. But it's not like she could like go out and get a cheese plate in like five minutes between Rory got there and when they sat down. Well, I mean, I guess she does have a ton of servants. They they might just have a cheese stash. Yeah, that's true. She also says that after dinner, she just can't wait to show Rory these competitive ballroom dancing tapes she has. This is also a little bothersome to me. I know this is nitpicky, but it it rubbed me the wrong way. She's like, I've been taping them since like the 80s. But like we had an episode last season where Lorelai was talking to Emily and Emily's like, yeah, I never even look at TV because I never know what's on. I don't want to, you know, there's, yeah, there's some movies I want to watch, but like I can never find when they're on TV. So Lorelai buys her a DVD player so she can watch movies. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, if she had a VCR, she could have just watched those movies at any point. Right, right. She does say they don't use the den. So maybe she just doesn't go in that room? I guess that's true. It just seemed a little bit like, okay, well, what? She also says she doesn't watch much TV in that other episode. So, like, maybe this is the one thing she watches? Yeah, maybe. Meanwhile, at the Gilmore Girl house, Luke is helping Lorelai unload the mattress she bought for Rory's dorm. I think they're packing Luke's truck to take stuff to college. Because they're, like, putting bags of stuff in his truck. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. And uh, Luke, spoiler, helps them move to college. What? Do we even need to watch the next episode? It's a big part of it. This bothered me too because he's like, you're packing her stuff in hefty bags? You should get some luggage. But like, I don't know. I You don't put books in luggage. Like clothes maybe, but like, I don't know. It's not like you're going to have it packed for that long. She's going somewhere in the morning and is going to put it in dressers. I don't think you need to like put random like toiletries and shit in suitcases. I mean, it looks a lot better than bringing in a bunch of garbage bags into your Yale dorm room. Yeah. Well, this is where we're different, Brian. You never moved into college. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad I didn't see you. I would have been like, who's this home? homeless woman. <laughs> I mean, I would just throw stuff in like random boxes. I don't know. I'm not going to buy like eight pieces of luggage that match just to like unload stuff after right. like three hours in a car. Sure. I don't they, know. They also to went to Europe. What did they use? Backpacks. I mean, they couldn't fill those up. That's a little bit of stuff. But also, yeah, boxes is what I would imagine. Well, anyway, while this is happening, after like a bunch of badgering by Lorelai, Luke finally tells her what happened on the cruise. He proposed. Nicole said yes. They got married. And then there's more. They're getting divorced. That was fast. Yeah. Luke says that all the romance around them, you know, because there were couples that were there on their anniversary or there were newlywed couples. Um, they convinced them that they were in love and should get married, but it was a mistake. I kind of didn't really understand his reasoning for how they realized it was a mistake, though. Right. He was like, oh, we tried to not be bothered by it, but then we were Like, what? He said they, like, woke up the next day and came to their senses, essentially. But, like, they must have been having a good time. Like, did they just completely want to break up now? 
Yeah, which makes me think there's more to this story. I could see it being like, oh, maybe we rushed into marriage, but like, did they also that same night realize they're not meant to live together? Yeah. So like I said, I think there's maybe more to the story. If there's not, then it's like, what? Okay, great writing, whatever. Ugh. I truly don't remember. I knew that he got married, but I thought when he came back from this trip, he was married still. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he is. I don't he know is still it. married. He's right. in the midst of a divorce. But I thought the news was like, I got married. I didn't know that the news also involved divorce. And I'm also confused because he had that dream where Lorelai told him not to get married. Yeah, he didn't. he didn't listen. Right. I mean, you don't have to listen to dreams. You know, I've had weird dreams that I'm glad I didn't listen to. Like what? I guess I don't have an example. Okay. Then there's this moment where it's weird. Lorelai makes a joke about him, his marriage, proving that at least he's not gay. Yeah. It's a weird joke. It's also like a dumb joke. Like, it's not even, like, offensive. It's just dumb. He's been with several women. Everyone in the town knows that because everyone in the town knows everything. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It was just like, Yeah, I don't think anyone was wondering if Luke was gay. Yeah. And so it was just kind of like a whatever joke. She's also, like, so clearly offended and upset that he, like, got married. Like, she's reacting like this is just awful news. Yeah. Like, she needs to, like, sit down. Part of me was like, is this just overreacting, like, oh, what juicy news? Or if it was, like, she actually was upset. She seemed, like, almost mad. Yeah. Well, how dare Luke marry someone that's not her when she was ready? I mean, that's what she's thinking, but, like, it was very much on her face. Yeah. Rory calls and says Emily's holding her hostage and that Lorelai needs to come rescue her. Before she leaves, though, Kirk emerges from their backyard in his skydiving stuff. (laughs) Apparently a strong wind blew him off course. He's alive! I hope he gets his $20. Probably not if he messed up. Yeah, that's true. Meanwhile, Emily is boring the absolute shit out of Rory, talking about all these dancing videos. Rory is like clearly like, I wish I were dead, I don't want to be here. I feel like this is something Rory would enjoy if like she didn't have plans. And maybe like, in moderation. (laughs) Yeah, not like a marathon. Right. Because it seems like it's kind of fun to goof on. When Lorelai shows up, Rory is just like so happy to see her mom. She just like lights up. Emily's a total jerk about this and excuses Rory so she can fight with Lorelai. Emily says she's she's not holding Rory hostage and Rory can leave at any point she wants. But it's like, well, she literally used the word hostage on the phone. Yeah. She's not going to, she doesn't want to hurt your feelings, which is what Lorelai tells her. And again, Lorelai doesn't really explain why she didn't come. Yeah, she said she had to run some errands, and she's like, no, I did. And Emily's like, really? It's like, just explain it. Yeah. Just explain it. Please explain it. (laughs) Emily thinks Lorelai didn't come intentionally and is keeping Rory there out of spite. And I I don't really understand why they stay there. Lorelai is like sleep deprived and just sort of has like a laughing meltdown a little bit. That was weird. I didn't like that. It was weird, especially because the next scene is just the way the episode ends is Rory and Lorelai having a good time making fun of and kind of joking about the dancing. They're there at Emily's house watching it. Eating biscotti. Eating biscotti. And Emily is asleep on the chair next to them. But, like, why didn't they leave <laughs> and then go home and watch The Godfather? Yeah, I don't know. It or was... why couldn't Rory be like, hey, Grandma, I'm, like, I'm just, like, really tired and, like, it's my last day with my mother. Like, I don't know. It's weird that she doesn't say any of that. So I didn't like the ending. Right. Because I bet they had more stuff to get done at home still, too. Yeah. And they talk about how the next day is going to be a really big day. And they wish they could watch Sophia die. That's it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I wish they had just at the very end showed Sophia dying. So that's the episode. Stacy, do you think this is a good one? No. Yeah, I don't either. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't that funny. It wasn't like, oh, no jokes work in this one. No, we went, we listed a lot of things that worked very well. But there was also just like so many better jokes in other episodes. Yeah, I think even like mediocre episodes in general, I enjoy every single moment of it. Yeah. And there's very funny jokes. Where this, there were like parts that actively annoyed me. Yeah, Dosi really annoyed me in this episode. 
not just as like a character that you like to hate. Just like I just don't want to see you anymore, man. No. Like, be off the stage. Get off the screen. Get off the stage. <laughs> he was on a stage. He was on a stage on the screen for so long. Yeah, the part where he was on stage was long too. There were just like at least five ten minutes of the episode that were his lines, and they weren't good. I'm really hoping there's more going on with Luke because I feel like all of his stuff was like, this is either too mysterious because there's more or it's just like sloppy writing. Like, oh yeah, that's fizzled out, whatever. I really don't remember. Well, I hope so. If there is, then okay. Like I said, I kind of knew what was happening with that, but since I wasn't quite correct, I can't remember if there's more to it or not. Yeah. But I'm excited for the next episode, I think. Her going to college is a much better episode. Yeah, this is just really kind of a uh, forgettable, you know? Like, I doubt I'll remember most of this. Yeah, just not a very big bang for this season opener. And so much of it was the Taylor problem. Yeah. And I, I usually like a Lorelai-Emily fight, but this one could have been less of a fight if they just, like, had explained it to her. Yeah. And they didn't get to go to The Strand, which is a super cool bookstore. You should check it out. Yeah. Do better, Gilmore. <laughs> and now... For a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Uncharmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we're discussing it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 4, Episode 1, Charmed Again, Part 1, Piper and Phoebe are faced with the loss of Prue, whilst the source discovers why the power of three has not been severed by Prue's death. Whoa. So obviously we know the answer to this. Right. Prue's a cartoon and can't really die. (laughs) So it's like she should be dead. And I think at this point it's going to become clear she's just going to be like straight up two-dimensional now because her like regular body's done. You think she's just trapped in paintings? Yeah. They think she's dead though. Right. But we know she's not. We know she's not dead. She's just in paintings. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you know it doesn't mean she's going to – it sounds terribly depressing but she kind of likes it. That's where she should be. She's a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she that's really where she belongs. She yeah. doesn't want to do the baking show anymore. She just wants to watch over her sisters. And luckily, since she's not really dead, the power of three is fine still. Yeah. So the source, like, knows that Prue's in the paintings, though, even though the sisters don't. Yeah. Source is like, oh, Prue's still alive because she's a cartoon. Got it, got it, got it. Source just, like, walks past the paintings and is like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet they try to destroy some of the paintings, but she keeps jumping around from painting to painting. Yeah, she can go into any painting on the planet. Yeah. She's a cartoon. Yeah. And even if you were to, like, stomp on her, she would just, like, accordion back like a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. She was more vulnerable before when she was, like, kind of in the real world. Right, but not now. So anyway, I mean, there's not much to tell you. That's what happens in the episode. Yeah, I mean, they're bummed. They liked Prue. Yeah. It sucks that they lost their sister. I think Prue sends a message to them to sort of suggest that she's all right. In like the afterlife? Yeah. Yeah. Like they find a painting that says something and they're like, oh, okay, she's still out there and it's still good. That's nice. Yeah. This is part one. Yeah, part two I'm interested in. Yeah. We'll find out next week, I guess. This has been Meanwhile on Charmed. So we got a whole nother show to talk about, Stacey. Please tell us about The Freshman. So this is just about Buffy starting college and just being so, so overwhelmed by things that she should absolutely know how to deal with. Yeah. And uh, her friends help her, like always, even though it didn't seem like they would. (laughs) Pretty basic. Basic uh, Buffy episode. Basic uh, Buffy episode. So it starts with Buffy and Willow in the graveyard. Classic Buffy episode opening. They're trying to pick classes for Buffy. She's been putting that off for some reason. Buffy's conveniently stupid again. 
like, I, I feel like this whole episode, she's just like kind of dumb and like yeah. doesn't want to take hard classes. But it's like you were begging to go to Northwestern. You, you like aced your SATs and now you like are just having such a hard time with like the fact that you might have to read a book. Yeah. I don't know. Willow's got a cool new haircut. They say that Willow has had her major picked since kindergarten, but they never say what it is. Do you know what it is? No. Maybe it's psychology. She seems really into taking psychology. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. Buffy's clearly nervous about college in general. She mentioned she's going to have a roommate. I don't know why these two wouldn't just live together. Like, I think you can pick. I mean, maybe you can't in every school. I don't know. Buffy's roommate later says she requested certain things about the person she wanted to live with. So I don't yeah. know why you couldn't just request make it be Willow. Mm-hmm. Buffy says she's excited about college in general, but that she needs to make sure that it doesn't take the edge off of her slang. Meanwhile, the vampire they're waiting for wakes up behind them and just like escapes. Already messing up, Buffy. Yeah, he like walks up and like is gonna kill him and like sees her like cross and holy water and stuff. Is like, uh, nah. <laughs> Intro credits with a whole bunch of things I haven't seen yet, including Buffy as Little Bird Riding Hood, Giles with a chainsaw, and Spike. Kind of spoily. What do you mean? There's all kinds of stuff in those intro credits I haven't seen yet. Well, Spike, that might be from last season. Mm, seems like probably is showing up if they put him in. I don't those. think Spike comes back. I don't know why they put him if he wasn't coming back. They didn't have his name. It wasn't Angel like... wasn't in them. Hmm. Angel's dead. I mean, yeah. So Spike. All right. Touche. <laughs> Touche. It's the first day at Sunnydale High University, and Buffy is just so, so lost and scared. She's just wandering around cradling her little books this whole episode. All of this is just like, there's college happening. All these parties and passionate speeches. So many things to get involved with, Buffy. Including jello shots. Yeah. Just, like, all these people trying to, like, hawk their clubs at her. Right. I feel like Willow got stretched out. Like, she's definitely a lot skinnier, but she almost seems taller. Weird. Wait, wait, is that intentional? Uh, no. I mean, if it is, I, I'm not familiar with oh, it. okay. You just said that, like, huh, wonder what that means. Huh, maybe it's the, uh, stretch out tall demon. <laughs> Buffy's just so overwhelmed, and Willow is thriving and has clearly had a lot of sex over the summer. <laughs> She's got this sentence just, just like filled with sexual innuendo about like all the knowledge that's being thrust and spurted into her now. Whoa. Indeed. Which is so weird, because later that's not what she's into. <laughs> Oz goes to this college too. He's also thriving. He knows everyone, because his band plays here sometimes. And Buffy's just missing that simple high school life. She has about Xander, who's still off on his cross-country road trip. And apparently Giles is, like, living that unemployment life, which we'll see more of later. Mm-hmm. They get to the college library, which is huge. Willow thinks it's great. And Buffy's like, I miss my old small library. Nobody ever came to. Too many books in this library. Great Sarah Michelle Gellar impression. Mm-hmm. She says, too bad Giles couldn't be the librarian here. That would be convenient. I don't know if that's just, like, a joke or, like, a prophecy. You think that's a prophecy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he might get a job there. I keep saying he should just... I, I said he'd be a professor. I didn't say he'd be the librarian. That seems too on the I mean, nose. I think all of his stuff was forged by the Watchers Council to get his job at the other library. And he doesn't work for the Watchers Councils anymore, so I don't know how he would get the... He's got to do something. I don't know. He is doing something. Yeah, we'll get to that. They go to pick up their books, where they also pick up a replacement for Angel. <laughs> Buffy accidentally knocks down a bunch of books hitting this guy who's Professor Walsh, the psychology professor's TA named Riley. Willow's psyched to talk to this guy about psych stuff, and Buffy's just a mess. 
She has no idea how to talk anymore. Very awkward around Riley. So far, he doesn't seem impressed with Buffy, but clearly they're going to make this guy a love interest. He's just so much an angel type, like similar-ish face. He's older. She loves that. (laughs) That's why it didn't work out with Scott Hope. (laughs) Sorry, Scott. You're just a little too my age. That's funny. He's not that much older. I don't know. He could be a vampire, too. We don't know. I don't know. that. You think Riley's going to be a love interest? Yes. I don't think he's a vampire because it's daytime. Yeah, I mean, it could just be his daytime inside in the sunlight like Angel was in Graduation Day Part 2. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's a vampire. Okay. I think he's a good, sweet boy. Good, sweet boy. Yep. Corn-fed. Oh, yeah, there's a good chance he's, boy. he's from the Midwest, yeah. Yeah. Buffy sadly walks back to her dorm where she meets her roommate, Kathy. She seems nice and positive. She says she can just tell Buffy's a cool person as she puts up a giant poster of Celine Dion, which Buffy clearly does not think is cool. I just want to point out that Buffy has a giant framed photo of her and her mom on her desk. Like, is that cool, Buffy? (laughs) You're not even that close with your mom. Like, what what is this? That's pretty lame. It's too big of a photo of your mom. You got a chest full of, like, steaks and religious artifacts. Yeah. Super cool. For a while, your bedroom just had a mummy in it. Kathy's not cool. Anyway, where's my stuffed pig, Mr. Gordo? (laughs) (laughs) That is weird that she keeps that chest of weapons in her room. Like, she has to. Maybe it's super locked, but, like, I would assume my roommate was going to be going through my shit. Kathy snores and sleep giggles and sleep eats? She's like constantly smacking her lips a bunch. Is that a thing anyone does in their sleep? Kathy's going to die. I already have a death list. Kathy seems expendable. You know who else is on my list? What? The pop culture professor. What? He's just such an asshole. Like there's no way he's not somehow associated with like the season Big Bad or he just gets killed at some point. He sucks so hard. He's so intense. Buffy's in this pop culture class and she leans over to ask someone if the class is full yet and he just like goes off on her. Kicks her out in such a mean way. I guess maybe we'll never see him again he might just be there to reiterate how tough of a time Buffy's having with all this but I don't know he feels like a bad guy Buffy runs into Riley on the way to psych class he remembers her only as Willow's friend Professor Walsh is intense as fuck too apparently her TAs call her the evil bitch monster of death maybe she's the big bad this isn't even like that good of a school like why is every class so hard no freshman course should be this intense maybe that's not true I had a pretty awful class freshman year what class It's called architectural graphics. I was an interior design major, and we had to take this class where you, like, learned how to hand draft, essentially. I don't know what that means. Like, if you're drawing a building design, Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to draw it by hand, which no one actually does, and how to do all this, like, 3D drawing and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. For some reason, even though we would never actually have to do that in real life. Yeah, that's annoying. And then we also had to learn AutoCAD, which is like a digital drafting program, which is what you use. And they also didn't really teach it. Like later we had to take a CAD class where we learned it. But we were apparently supposed to take this class first where we just had to use that program. Without learning it. Figure it out. Yeah. Wow. I'm kind of grateful because I got like super immersed into that program and got very good at it. But apparently this was like the most failed class at my college. Oh, wow. We had like a group project at the end and one of the girls in my group was older and she was retaking it. I think a few people in the class were. I got a C, which was like great. And I'm not like a C student. No, you usually fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it was, um, it was intense. And the, the man wasn't like mean, but he was like, an, he wasn't a professor. He was just like some random architect that was just like a dick. Stan, I think was his name. <laughs> Did you just go by Stan? I can't remember his last name. My name is Stan Architect. (laughs) Dude sounds like he was a demon pretending to be a professor. Oh, man. I wish you could take that class. I had a couple crazy college professors. I'll I'll save those stories, though. For when? Uh, I don't know. For when these professors come back and are the big bads? 
I had a teacher that was uh, addicted to cocaine and would clearly lead the class to like go do cocaine several times during class. That's a lot of times during a class. Yeah, I mean, it would it would at least be once a class, but I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. He would be like, "All right, work on this," and he'd come back way peppier, just. <laughs> Okay, what are we talking about? I'm like, dude, you just, no one doubts that you just did cocaine in the bathroom. Like, we all know. That was the most past class at your college. <laughs> yeah. Cut to more of Buffy sad walking. This time, she runs into the Mandalorian. Another student named Eddie, played by the actor who plays the Mandalorian. Which, he went by a different name. Yeah. The credits, it says like... Mando. His, no. His <laughs> name is Pedro Pascal now, but he had a different last name in the opening credits. I knew he was in this show. I remember, like, hearing that trivia, but I didn't know he was in it for, like, five seconds. I thought he was a bigger character. Mm-hmm. It was funny because I didn't recognize him, and you were trying to give, give me clues, clues yeah. and you're like, this is the way. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But that's, like, Mando's catchphrase. <laughs> His catchphrase. Or, I don't know. They're like, Creed. This is the way. <laughs> he says it all the time. So we discussed that, unpaused, and then as soon as we replay the show, he says to Buffy, did you lose your way? Yeah, <laughs> Very weird. Oh, weird. He's also kind of lost and confused, stressed about college, like Buffy. He mentions the book of human bondage. Do you know this book? Uh, I'm not familiar with it. Okay. Um, But he says that he loves it. It's his security blanket. He keeps it by his bed. He's read it a bunch of times. They help each other find their way home. They say goodnight. And then Mando gets accosted by like some young, cool vampires and their blonde lady leader named Sunday, which now I know you were like giving me Sunday puns last time. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Very good, Brian. Is this episode going to be called, like, Troublesome Sundays? Was it Sunday in Gilmore Girls? Dose was making a Sunday. Oh. The vampires ransack his dorm and leave a note on his bed saying that he just couldn't handle it and had to move out. The next day, Buffy notices that Eddie isn't in the class he said he would be in. And with the help of his RA, she finds his room, sees that all of his stuff is gone except the book that he mentioned. Huh. Weird. Why would he leave without a security blanket? Yeah, he took everything but that? It seems unlikely. Then we see the cool vampires hang out. They've got like an off-campus house, I guess. Eddie's there. He's dead. It seems like their basic life plan is to kill the weak freshmen, take all their stuff, and then criticize their stuff for being lame, even though they're killing the lame ones instead of cool ones. Like, what were they expecting? I mean, are they just killing the lame ones? Yeah, their plan is to like prey off the weak ones. Yeah. Because then they just, like, write fake notes and say they left. I mean, I think they enjoy criticizing their stuff. It's not like they're surprised that their stuff sucks. I think they, like, enjoy feeling superior by shitting on them. Yeah. The same way that people do in real life. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe they want to get some cool stuff from them just because it'd be nice, but... Right, right. It's just like, we killed this nerd and his stuff's not good. They're also collecting art posters? That was very funny. I thought this part was very funny. I didn't really get it. They were having a contest between Monet's and... uh, because those are like pretty basic art that like everyone has in their college dorm. Oh. So they're like putting the, every time they get one of those posters, they add a tally to one side or the other. I see. The guy getting the art is really annoying. He's like a surfer dude. I don't know. All these people are pretty annoying. Spoilers. Most of them die. So I'm glad they're not the big bad. <laughs> Buffy goes to visit Giles. Sorry. Buffy just walks into Giles' apartment yeah. where she meets a lady friend wearing no pants Giles comes out rocking a Hugh Hefner look and introduces this woman as his old friend Olivia, who's staying for a few days and apparently forgot to pack all of her pants. (laughs) She's English and refers to him as Ripper, so apparently she's that kind of old friend from way back in those days. He tells her Buffy was a student of his, but like doesn't really get into the Slayer stuff. 
You think Olivia would be like, what the fuck? Do a lot of your former students just know where you live and invite themselves into your apartment? Yeah, but- who's this, like, beautiful young woman that just walked into your right. apartment? <laughs> like- also, he didn't really have students. He was just a librarian. Yeah. But Olivia's chill. She- yeah, Olivia takes this very well. She goes to put on more clothes. She said, I'm going to slip into something less comfortable. Yeah. Buffy's like, this is a bad time. I'm going to go. Giles is like, what are you talking about? It's totally cool that you walked in while the air still smells like sex. Why would that be weird? <laughs> And she totally calls him out on it. And he's like, what, I'm not supposed to have a private life? Yeah, I guess Buffy can't tell him not to have sex. He can do whatever he wants. But it is a little weird that he's not more embarrassed about the fact that she caught him. Yeah, I don't know. This seems weird because Buffy's all like, oh, it's gross. Which is like, it's it's one thing when you say it's weird when your parents have sex. And I know that he's a father figure to her. Mm-hmm. But it's like, he's allowed to have sex. You had sex even though it meant the end of the world. Yeah. So I'm like... Chill out. You also just walked into his house. It wasn't like you caught him in the car seat in the parking lot or what something. What time do you think it is? I feel It's definitely day. I don't know if it's morning or afternoon. Well, she's got jet lag, so she's on European time. <laughs> Buffy tells him about Eddie being missing, and Giles is like, uh, so deal with it? I'm a day-drinking playboy now, baby. Sip <laughs> a whiskey. He's like, you know I care about you, but you don't have a watcher anymore, and you gotta be a big girl now. I'm done with that shit. Olivia and I are doing round two in a minute, so anything else? I kind of don't buy this. Like, he wasn't her watcher last season, yep. but he was still basically her watcher. Yep. Like, it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't want to help her. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Giles has, like, got into the watcher business for the money. No. He did it to fight the good fight. I mean, you said he had to because his parents were? Right, but I think at the end of the day, he did it and continued to do it for, one, to fight the good fight. It's his passion. Yeah, and two, because he loves, as, as a father, Buffy. Mm-hmm. So he wants to help and protect her. So I don't buy that he's all like, do it on your own. It's like, what else? You don't even have a job, Giles. Like, you should be ready to help her so fewer people die. Yeah, and why doesn't he have a job? Like, I know he's done being a watcher, but like, I assume Sunnydale is having high school somewhere, even though the school's broken. Right. So he must have quit? They, I don't think they built a school in the summer. Right. So. But I assume those students ha- are going somewhere. Probably to schools that already have librarians. Yeah. And he's also got fake documents, so I don't know how easy it is for him to find a job, honestly. He has fake documents? Yeah. I know nothing about his documents. Well, the Watcher Council arranged for his job at the library. I don't know if they've said that. Yes. Hmm. I don't remember that. Well, it happened. Because I've always asked you that. Like, why does he work two jobs? Like, why does he fake this librarian thing? I mean, they have a, it's, it's, it's his cover. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they mentioned that. Like, I'm almost certain they mentioned that. I mean, he's obviously, that's why he's there, is that it's his secret identity. Right, but then they didn't give Wesley one? Well, I mean, I think you would argue, it's never explicitly said that Wesley wasn't given one, but we must assume that maybe they did, I guess. I don't know. Fancy janitor? Yeah, fancy janitor. So Buffy goes to figure out things for herself. It's nighttime. She sees Eddie, but he's a vampire. She Mr. Pointies him. Sunday and her friends see this. They're very excited. They heard the Slayer was coming to college here, and they're excited for the challenge. They also, like, really hate her outfit. They talk about that kind of a lot. Sunday fights her. She seems good at fighting, and she kind of kicks the shit out of Buffy, and then Buffy manages to run away. Freshman, Sunday says. Yeah, so this whole scene's weird because Buffy fights Sunday, and Sunday seems to be a pretty good fighter. And Sunday, like, really hurts Buffy's arm, and we're led to believe that, like, maybe it's broken. Like, she, like, kicks her arm, and then Buffy, like, holds it and then runs away. A lot of people have problems with this scene, and I totally agree. Sunday should not be able to do this to Buffy at all. She is not a special vampire. 
She's not that old. We're not told her age, but like she does not seem to be 100 years old. It seems like she's maybe at least like 15 years of vampire or 20 years of vampire. I don't even know if we're led to believe that. The, the disappearances, they learn later, have been happening since 1982. Okay, so she could be that old. She could even be older, but like the way she talks about like what's hip and stuff leads me to believe that she's not that old. Right, right. I mean, for those of you who didn't just watch the episode, she appears to be like in her 20s. She's yeah. young looking but i mean so is angel and acting too yeah and she seems to understand what like good music is and stuff so we would be led to believe that she's relatively young people have argued that and i think we're supposed to understand that buffy's just like really stressed out with like the stresses of college and so she's sort of overwhelmed but i don't buy that like every time she's fighting like a big bad vamp or like a big demon like she's stressed out about a million other things yeah, she's never not been stressed out you don't think she was stressed as fuck when she was fighting the mayor or the prom demons yeah she's so stressed all the time when she's fighting faith she wasn't stressed when like, she was in hell yeah she's stressed constantly and she deals with it so i just don't buy that sunday could do this kind of damage to her right Busted up Buffy goes back home to smacking Kathy. College just isn't what she- You made it sound like she goes back to her dorm and then like takes out her aggression (laughs) on Kathy. Maybe she should. You mean like lip smacking Kathy? Buffy kills Kathy. (laughs) Buffy's just so desperate. She's got nowhere else to turn. So she goes to visit her mom. But even her house isn't a safe space anymore. Her mom has turned her room into like a warehouse for her work crates. She says it just for a couple weeks. This seems dumb to me, too. Like, she hauled all those boxes upstairs. They're huge. It's just temporary. Keep them in the living room. Are you, like, having a dinner party, Joyce? Just keep them downstairs. Also, half of those might be haunted, so be careful. Yeah. The phone rings. No one's there. Jess? Angel? It's got to be Angel, right? Like, we're definitely going to see a scene in Angel where it's him calling her. I'm not going to say anything, but yes. Bevy goes back to her dorm, and now all her stuff is missing. There's a note on her bed, like the one that Eddie didn't actually write, saying that she couldn't take it and had to leave. I don't really know why they did this. Like, she's not dead. To mess with her? Yeah. yeah. And they're gonna kill her, right? Yeah, hopefully. For them. Not for me. I don't want to die. Stacey's just like, I want the show to be done. This is it, right? This episode's not great. Can we just be done? Yeah. It's weird. Buffy is three seasons in one episode. (laughs) (laughs) She goes to the bronze alone. What was her plan? That seems like a very depressing activity for an already depressed person who spent a lot of time there with her boyfriend who she's not over and even thinks sees someone who looks like him. Oh, yeah. I don't know. By the way, it was Angel, David Boreanaz. He, like, plays... It is him. Oh, yeah. Like, she looks over and sees a guy that she briefly thinks is Angel, and it kind of looks like him, but I wonder if they didn't put, like, prosthetic on him or something. When she, like, rubs her eyes and it's someone else, I think it is a totally different actor, but it almost doesn't look like him, but it really does look like him. Yeah. But you looked it up, it's him? Yeah. But who is there, for sure? I knew he was going to be there. He wasn't going to not be in this episode. Jonathan! No. (laughs) Xander. Xander's there. He's back from his trip, which wasn't really a trip. His car broke down immediately, and he washed dishes at, like, a male strip club, and he doesn't want to talk about it, but it sounds like he had to fill in as a stripper one night. And he's just living in his parents' basement now. It's funny because he says his car broke down by Oxnard, which is what he false calls Oxford when Willow gets into Oxford. So I was like, what? You think you drove to England? But I looked it up. It actually is a city near LA. Oh, okay. He has kind of a funny line. She asked why he didn't tell them he was back. And he's like, you guys were starting the whole college adventure and I didn't want to help you move. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. He can tell Buffy's bummed. She tells him how Sunday kicked her ass, and he's like, well, let's get the game together. Avengers Assemble, which is funny, because Joss Whedon, adventure stuff, right? (laughs) 
That was vague. Uh, yeah, Joss Whedon eventually wrote <laughs> the Avenger movie. So yeah. I don't know. I just know he did. That part's for you to say. She's like, no, nobody wants to be a vampire killing club with me anymore. I'm just not good enough to be a Slayer or a college student. And through some ramblings, Xander's like, what are you talking about? You're Buffy. Whenever I'm scared, I think, what would Buffy do? You're my Jesus, Buffy. <laughs> she did come back from the dead. Yeah. And then some sweet music plays, and then he just undercuts everything he said with some Xander bullshit, saying, sometimes when it's dark and I'm alone, I think, what is Buffy wearing? It just wouldn't be a, a Xander moment without ruining it it's weird i mean i feel like this kind of stuff sucks like i hate when he says that kind of stuff it's weird because i don't know a 16 year old i mean i guess he's 18 at this point like i remember when i was young like maybe you would say something inappropriate to your friend that's a girl like not realizing how bad it is i don't know that's like something weird to say to your friend you've made it clear you're not trying to date yeah i i totally agree with you i totally yes 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 you're right you're right say it again you're right. Thank you. It is totally weird. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes and like being immature and young, but like he's made it clear that, or she's at least made it clear that they're not going to date. So he should respect that. It would be fine if he said this in a conversation with like Oz. Sure. Maybe even if he said it to Willow, it would be not as weird. I don't know. It's weird. Unless the joke is like he doesn't have a filter. Right. They also don't address Cordelia, which is interesting. Yeah. You'd think they would like wonder where she went. Anyway, he's like, let's put this bitch in the ground. Is this the year WB got greenlit on the word bitch? They're throwing it around a lot this episode. <laughs> Whatever Xander did, it worked. Buffy's like, yeah, what the fuck's wrong with me? I can easily beat this chick. So I remember the first time I saw this scene, I kind of hated it. Because it's like this weird pep talk from Xander. But it occurs to me rewatching it that it's like, no, this makes sense. It's like Xander's essentially being like, no, I believe in you. Like, you've accomplished crazy things. Like, whatever this is, it doesn't matter because you can handle it. Yeah, kind of like what we were saying. Like, no, you're always stressed out, Buffy. Exactly. Like, I'm not worried because I've seen you succeed no matter what the odds are. So there's no chance you won't succeed again. So rewatching it, I actually have less of an issue with this pep talk. And actually, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like, before it seemed like, what is this weird Xander mentorship? But, like, no, it's just this guy believes in Buffy more than he believes in anything. He's her Jesus, like, kind of like you said. Like, and really, she shouldn't have been having an issue, and really he didn't say that much to fix her. He just said, like, the one thing he needed to say. Yeah, he's like, you are great. You should have faith in yourself. Right. So Xander and Buffy just jump back into Scooby mode. They break into the library? A computer lab? I don't know. They show like a broken window in a room with computers. It doesn't seem like the library. It seems small. I'm guessing it's on campus though. Yeah, I don't know. They do some research. Apparently there's been a few kids going missing with their stuff getting stolen every year since 1982. And they also figure out that 82 is when some frat or sorority house was closed. So that must be where the vampires right. are hanging out. That's a, a bit of a jump, but... I mean, this show has done those before. Yeah. Again, Buffy gets the word reconnaissance mixed up with renaissance. Like, her intelligence is so inconsistent. I totally. I mean, I think the, the show started, the idea was that she is a ditz, but, like, just super good at slaying vampires. Yeah. But then the show at some point was like, I don't think we want the main character to be, like, totally dumb. Actually, she's secretly very smart. But, yeah, you're totally right. This episode was like, uh, maybe she's dumb. Like, she should know the word reconnaissance. Yeah. She blames it on being, like, having a hard week, but... They go to the house, they climb up on the roof, there's like this big glass window they're looking through, and they see that Buffy's stuff is indeed inside. They're like wearing her clothes, even though they spent a lot of time making fun of them. Buffy's not sure where her weapons trunk is, she doesn't see it in there, so Xander goes back to her dorm to look for it. Then Buffy falls through the skylight into the house. Kathy, Willow, and Oz are back at Buffy's dorm trying to figure out why Buffy would just take off. They found the note. Xander shows up in her room to look for the weapons, and he's reunited with Willow, who he hugs. He also accidentally hugs Kathy. That's kind of funny. 
Someone's going to date Kathy. Not sure if it's Xander or Willow or Oz, but someone's going to date her before she dies. Xander tries to tell Willow and Oz that Buffy's in trouble with some vampires using, like, code so Kathy doesn't know. He says, like, our friends who sleep all day and don't have tans. Yeah. Because Giles has, I guess, told Buffy that she needs to, like, go back to her secret identity life instead Mm -hmm. of just being out to everyone like she was by the end of high school. Meanwhile, Buffy's just getting the shit kicked out of her again. She realizes that her weapons trunk is at Sunday's house. And then Sunday, like, breaks her class protector umbrella and then just starts going to town on her hurt arm. Buffy tells her it doesn't matter. She only needs one arm. And then Buffy starts kicking the shit out of Sunday. The other vampires kind of don't jump in to help. When they fought the first time, Sunday kind of told them not to. But you'd think when she was in trouble, the other guys would help a bit. Mm-hmm. Like One of them is about to bail when Xander and friends bust in with a cross. Willow shoots the surfer dude with an arrow. Great. The gang gets some of the vampires. I think some of them run away. But Sunday's just really got it out for Buffy's arm, specifically. Yeah. Which doesn't seem to hurt Buffy that much. And then Buffy throws her across the room, then throws a stake at her, and she dies. She's maybe got the same blood type as Mr. Trick. Takes her a second to actually die. Yeah, she's kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> She can't even. She doesn't actually say anything. She doesn't, like, do a joke like Mr. Trick. But she but. definitely does, like, a eye roll, kind of. Yeah. All of her friends start carrying her stuff back to her dorm. It's implied that Xander is either going to take some of the stuff from this house or maybe even squat there. We'll Guess see. Xander did have to help her move after all. Yeah. Giles comes running up like a big dork with all his weapons. He's like, I fucked up, Buffy. I love you so much. <laughs> Let's find the evil and fight it together. She's like, cool. Thanks, bud. We're moving right now. Grab some stuff. Yeah. They just start walking. He's like, is the evil this way? Buffy tells Xander so far college seems a lot like high school, which she thinks she can handle. At least she knows what to expect. And then we see one of the escaped vampires get, like, tased by some masked ninja people. What the fudge And that's the episode. Brian, is this a good one? Not really. No. I remember seeing this the first time and thinking, like, what? I Like I said, the Xander pep talk kind of rubbed me the wrong way the first time because I didn't really see it for what it was. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the whole Sunday, like, who is Sunday? Why is she able to beat up Buffy? Right. Like, that like all of that really bothered me a lot. Um, and also, like, Giles' disinterest in helping Buffy, like, also, like, what? It bothered me. The new settings didn't, you know, like, the new characters, that didn't bother me. But those two things really rubbed me the wrong way. And they still did this time. Yeah, I mean, I think the new settings partnered with that stuff is, like, the characters seem different and the setting is new? What is this show now? Yeah, I also think Xander's, like, story about the strip club is stupid. Right. Like, and, and not just, like, stupid, just, like, the way they tell He's like, no power on this earth. It's, it's like, oh, whatever, man. Like, how bad could it be? That sounds like your dream to have, like, a bunch of women lusting after you. Yeah, and you, like, share about how you want to bang Buffy to her face, so I can't imagine there's something you want to keep secret from her. Right. It wasn't, like, a terrible episode. It wasn't, like, uh, like eye roll every two minutes or anything. No. And there were a couple very funny jokes. Like, the art joke was very funny. But there also wasn't a ton of other jokes that really hit for me. No, I mentioned the ones that I liked. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Sunday herself was fine, but I didn't really like that as an evil thing. Yeah, I actually like Sunday as a villain. And it would be fun if she were a villain but, like, was aware of her limitations. You know, like, ooh, the Slayer's here, but I know I'm not powerful enough to beat the Slayer myself. Kind of like Spike. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, because Spike in a one-on-one fight with Buffy will lose. Sure. He knows that. He, he loses several times to Buffy. But, like, kind of like, how am I going to get her, you know? And I would have maybe liked to see that from Sunday. But, you know, that's not what we get. And her lackeys are pretty annoying. That surfer guy, especially. Yeah, well, he dies. Yeah. And so does Sunday. And I guess the big bad is going to have something to do with these ninja tasers. Uh, Yeah, I don't even think those guys come back, so. Okay, well. I think that's one of those unresolved, like, what was that? I don't know. 
But I'm excited to see how college goes for everybody. It's kind of like the start of season three, where Buffy's like in a very low place, in right. a new place. Right. And by the end of it, has her confidence back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is similar. You're right. But yeah, it just, it was rough because it felt so different. Like we've never been out of the library or like, I feel Buffy in those, in those ways that she's just like out of her element. Yeah. And I also think too, and I, I want to be fair, okay, to this episode. And we talked about this a little bit. Season four is a little hard for me. I don't share a lot of the experiences that Buffy and these other college students have. Because I did go to college, but uh, the way it worked out for me is I, I lived at home to save money because I was paying for college as I went for my first two years as a college. And while I was doing that, I did not live in a dorm, so I never had that dorm experience. And I always had somewhere to go after school that wasn't college, you know? Yeah, you could just go home. Exactly. So I never had this like overwhelming, like lost at sea, oh, I'm in this new surrounding, I don't understand anything situation. Conversely... I did. I went to school three hours away from home, and a couple kids from my high school went there, but, like, no one that I was really great friends with. Right. Like, one kid I didn't really know at all, and they didn't live near me or in my dorm or anything. Uh So I was, like, 100% alone and couldn't, and I could go home, but I didn't have a car that first year. I had to, like, find a ride home. So Buffy's sort of somewhere in between us, where she's five minutes from her mom. Right. And has her best friends right there with her. So she's... I don't know, maybe being kind of extreme. She also has all her friends. I remember when I went to college, I didn't have any friends from high school. Same. I I don't know. I feel like she shouldn't be as disoriented as she is, considering she's not in like a totally new place. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. But it's still a big life change. Yeah. So which one do you think was better? It's tough because they're both really just very okay to not great. Um, But after talking through it, I think I'm going to go Buffy Mm -hmm. just because... There's maybe more things about Gilmore I didn't like. And also, I think Buffy gets some points because it's in a new place and setting. So that was like a little bit more exciting to learn about that, even though, I don't know, it felt confusing. It still was like, oh, they're they're setting new stuff up. That's fun and interesting. Where Gilmore Girls was just kind of like the same base reality, but was sort of a bad episode in that base reality. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think I'm going to go Buffy for that reason. I think I'm going to go Buffy too. For the reasons you said, there was just a lot of things in Gilmore Girls that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. And while Buffy had a couple of those, I just, really, Gilmore had several. Like, the whole dosy thing, I hated that whole scene. I hate the fact that, like, no one's calling him out for doing illegal stuff. Yeah. Also, Buffy's hair is great this season, so that's points. Yeah, there was nothing I really liked about Buffy in particular, but there wasn't as much that I didn't like. Yeah, I mean, there were legit things about Buffy that I did like. I like that Willow is, like, thriving because she was like in every situation in high school kind of like oh i don't know i don't know what i'm going on and like here she's like no this is like celebrating all the things i'm good at yeah it's kind of fun that she's sort of flipped with how her and buffy started their friendship where buffy was the confident one absolutely and i liked sunday even though i didn't like ultimately how she was dealt with or what she did in this episode i did like her personality so yeah i'm going buffy not a great buffy if this had been up against a better gilmore probably would have lost yeah well i'm excited to see what happens next If you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Buff the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 2, Living Conditions. As well as Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 2, The Lorelei's First Day at Yale. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Which one did you think was better? What did you think of Sunday? What do you think they should have brought Luke back from Europe? Should they sue Dosie? Do you think it was weird that Giles suddenly doesn't care about Buffy for like a couple minutes? Let us know. 
You can reach out to us by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content. And for more bonus content, you can follow us on Patreon, where we post weekly video reviews of the show Angel, host monthly live-streamed watch parties, and share other bonus content. You can support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon, taking advantage of our wine partnership with Wink by going to trywink.com slash Slayer, or by simply donating to support our content via the links in our episode description and social media bios. Or you can support us by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing your feedback, and it really helps get our podcast discovered by even more Buffy and Gilmore fans. And if you leave a review, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast. For even more comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an E-Y. Where we also make comedy sketches, play board games, and review movies in a similar style to our podcast. For all that and more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. If social media is not your thing, you can send us a good old-fashioned email at Reviews at gmail.com. See you guys. Bye.